Welcome to Heart to Heart, a Horizon Produce podcast. My name is Christina Pearl, and today we are sitting down with one of our counselors, Christina, and her patient, Karen, to look into the healing therapy offered by EMDR treatment here at Horizon. EMDR is short for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. Horizon was fortunate enough to begin offering this treatment from a grant awarded by the National Fuel Gas Company Foundation. We are so excited to have our guests here today for our next episode, and I would love to have them both introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about each of them. I'm Christina. I'm a counselor here at Horizon. I've been with Horizon for nine years already. Um, I've been at a bunch of different locations. I actually started at The Village, and then I went to Pros, and then I went to Outpatient SUD at Bailey, and then I went to Bailey number two. (laughs) And now I'm actually at Tonawanda, and I'm doing integrated care at Tonawanda, which is wonderful and awesome. So I've been there about a year, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor, uh, Horizons advanced practice clinician. Yeah. That's amazing. Nine years. Nine We're so years. lucky to have you here. And Thanks. would you be able to describe a little bit of what integrated care means and um, what that looks like for patients in our yeah. community? Yeah, sure. So back in the day, nine years ago, when I started at Horizon, mental health and it was called chemical dependency at the time were two separate programs. And we kind of had to address each issue independently. Um, and now today, we're kind of addressing both issues at the same time. And instead of a patient having to see two different counselors and be transferred from one counselor to another after they finish mental health or substance use, we're doing it all in one episode of care. So each clinician who's integrated is treating the whole person rather than just parts of the person. That's incredible. And because you're seeing so much of the co-occurring yes. people struggling with both a substance use disorder and yes. a mental health disorder. Yes, exactly. So to have that integrated care is so key Yes, for, for the sure. patient and I'm sure for the counselor too, to just oh, yeah. be able to continue to cultivate that relationship and, you know, work with them so they have consistency. Right, right. And it's really nice because Tanawanda's integrated as a whole. So we offer groups that are integrated. So instead of going to a mental health group and a substance use group, you can go to one group and, you know, kind of address both of, you know, your issues. So it's really neat. That is. And with the groups, and and that's another interesting, you know, part of Horizon. So not only do we have the individual counseling with our patients, but we also offer group counseling. Groups are amazing. They really are. They're I mean, there's a connection there that, you know, you can't find in one-on-one therapy to connect with your peers and to look across the room and hear someone and see someone who's going through what you're going through. It's just um, it's amazing. It really is. It really is. And it's something that I think so many more people need to feel like they're not alone. Right. And those groups, like you said, allow them to look across the room or look next to them and say, Mm -hmm. wow, Mm -hmm. it is, you know, it's okay to come in and talk about this and work through it because look at all of these people next to me who are going to help me through it too. 
Right. And we actually say in group, we're more alike than different. And Absolutely. you don't really realize that until you're sitting in a room full of other people. And, you know, we come from different backgrounds, but um, we go through the same thing. So it's really nice to feel that connection that isn't really there anywhere else. That's so great to know that that is an additional mm-hmm. option on mm-hmm. their journey. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And Karen, thank you yes. so much for being with us thank today. You. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to come and speak with us? Well, uh, my journey with Horizon started five years ago. I was diagnosed with a liver condition, cirrhosis of the liver. And in order to be healthier, I had to uh, go through counseling to prevent relapse because I had to stop drinking. Right. Uh, From there, working with Christina, she was my first counselor, and I participated in the groups. And just knowing that people don't set out to become alcoholics or make a a choice. Oh, yeah, that's what I want to be when I grow up. Right. When we spoke earlier of the integrated approach, there's always something underlying, whether it's a mental health problem, but there's an issue. Right. And so um, after, quote, graduating from the substance abuse aspect of Horizons programs, different stressors were coming up in my life and as they will in anybody's life. Right. And mm-hmm. um, I didn't feel like I was going to relapse, but the stressors that were coming up were being shared by other people who did relapse in different groups that I had been attending in order to prevent relapse. And I decided, you know, I'm going to place a call and see if Christina was available and if I could get back into counseling. Wow. And she was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we just decided to go a different approach this time. And that led to me working with Christina um, and using EMDR. Wow. You making that call, that's incredible. It's all well, we could ever ask for. Absolutely. That's, all that's we what could we ever say. Ask Just for. pick yeah. up that phone. Yep. And I did. And you mm-hmm. did. And, and now. I'm so glad I did mm-hmm. because it is the one thing I walked away different tools, but that was a big tool. Absolutely. You know, they keep saying, you know, pack your toolbox. <laughs> well, I did. And the, the tool I had was just knowing that when I left Horizon, it was always going to be, they're there. Yes. And their program is, as we had described, a life partner for me. It is. I may not need it today. Right. But. You know it's there. I always Mm -hmm. knew it was there. Mm -hmm. Always. Mm -hmm. And Christina was available and we started back up again. But now with a different approach. Mm -hmm. Wow. To deal with the issues that more than likely we have discovered led to my alcoholism. Right. And so you just stated that, you know, when you called Christina, you both decided to take a different approach. Mm -hmm. That approach was EMDR. So Mm -hmm. if you wouldn't mind explaining what that is. Sure. So first of all, it stands for eye movement de- 
sensitizing reprocessing. And it's kind of a mouthful. mouthful. (laughs) Um, So it is a heavily researched form of trauma therapy, and it uses eye movements to allow the brain to heal from emotional trauma. So the body goes through physical trauma, um, and the mind is able to heal from emotional trauma. Um, It actually helps with any mental health symptoms. So we use it a lot with trauma patients. However, it can help with other mental health symptoms too. And it's really unique because patients gain insight independently through their own emotional reprocessing without much intervention from the clinician. So Karen mentioned, you know, learning tools and things like that. But with EMDR therapy, the patient's really coming to their own realizations and healing on their own from the eye movements. If you wouldn't mind giving us an example of what would a session like that look like, how you know, do you go about working together with each other with the eye movements to kind of get to the point that you need to? So what we do is we create a list of memories that uh, we would like to work on. You know, so for Karen, she created a list of memories she wanted to reprocess. um, And we use the eye movements to reprocess the memory. It was a variety of memories as well. I mean, one, I think I was about three or four. Just judging from a picture. Wow. I had I was able to guess how old I was. Right. I, I was a little, little girl. Yeah. And then just different instances of where where I thought my issue first lied mm-hmm. in that led to the alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So all of the memories that we were going to reprocess all revolved around a specific, a very important person in my life. Sure. And trauma around dealing with that relationship. So touching a little more on the actual session to kind of give us a better idea of what the session looks like. You make the list. We we go through one memory at a one time. One memory at a time. Mm-hmm. And then what? From like a physical standpoint. Yeah. So we set up a memory, which kind of prompts, um, you know, to give the score from 10 to zero, how you're feeling about that memory, how upsetting it is in that moment. Um, we ask the patient to identify a positive thought um, about themselves that they would like to think about the memory, a negative thought they think about themselves with the memory. Um, but then that's where we start the eye movements after we get the picture in our minds, right, of um, the memory we're working on, just a picture. Um, we start the eye movements. So the eyes moving back and forth is actually similar to REM sleep, which is the deepest form of sleep where we dream. And if you were to lift someone's eyelid during REM sleep, their eyes are moving back and forth. Okay. And that's how dreams are kind of processed, right? We dream about things that might be on our subconscious or things like that. So what they found is that if you use eye movements and you focus on a specific memory, that's where the reprocessing comes in. So uh, we do sets of eye movements. And then you, as the clinician, you help us. Yeah, I actually hold up my fingers and, and we follow the patient the eyes. follows okay. the eyes. Yep. There's other options as well. Um, we can do knee tapping. Um, the agency actually has a device, which is kind of like two um, computer mouse and um, one vibrates in each hand. So there's a lot of options. Wow. Um, I've only done the eye movements. Most people seem to be comfortable with it. But yeah, if you're not comfortable with the eye movements, there's other options too. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. 
And then the goal of the session um, is to let that score reduce. So I'm constantly checking in with the patient, not constantly, but I'm checking in with the patient throughout the eye movements to see if that score has gone down. So that's when we know we finished a memory is if the score goes down. And if the score doesn't go down? Then we come back next week okay. <laughs> and we keep working at it. And that's another great thing about EMDR is that it's going to take however long it takes. And right. that's okay. It's a process. It's a process. It's it not, might take, nothing's going to be immediate. No, it's not immediate. A lot of the times there is immediate relief. Um, but again, a lot of the times we're working on a, a certain memory for four sessions for, sure. you know, three weeks. And, and it's really whatever works for the patient. Wow. And in between the sessions, um, you lock it away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so you actually take the memory at the end of session. We put it in a container, which is kind of a made-up container to pack away the memory so that it's not causing disturbance outside of session. Okay. So if you start to find yourself thinking about it um, when you're outside of session, you can say, oh, nope, it's packed away in my container. Not going to think about it until I come back and work on it. Was that difficult? That helps. No. At first, yes. Oh, because it's such – my box is such – it's – there's a really lot involved in closing my box. <laughs> sure. I mean, I really wanted this toxic stuff packed away. Of course. <laughs> um, of course. But I find that in just, if something comes up during the day and it's like, you just can't deal with it right then and there, I put it in my box. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, my that box is part of my toolbox mm-hmm. now. Right. Yeah, talk that, about a tool for recovery. It's such a great one. Even though it, it may not be, you know, left over from a session, it just will go in that box so that later in the day, maybe before I go to bed, I'll open the box, you know, in my mind, open the box yeah. and then process whatever that distressor was that day. It could have been something in my tutoring session or... Even just something, you know, in the house, you know. Right. <laughs> just the simplest of things. You yes. open yeah. it when you feel you can open it. Right. Right. What an incredible tool to have in between session mm-hmm. to assist, like you said, those coping skills mm-hmm. in between and those resources that we ourselves can do. Right. Right. In at home, right. you know, when when we feel like we need it. And Karen, you've You've utilized that so much. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Karen, when you first came back to Christina and started talking about this new approach, how did you feel about it? How did it end up, you know, obviously it's working, but yeah. how your first initial reaction? I'm because it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's a new type mm-hmm. of therapy. Very, mm-hmm. very, very different from talk yes. therapy. Very different from CBT therapy. Different from what somebody that is only really accustomed to talk therapy. Like right. you said, you right. know, you, you walk into your counselor's office, you sit across from them, you talk back and forth. So again, a different approach, but such an impactful approach. Yes. It was very different in that the talking is minimal. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you're even coached during the processing sessions to just give me a glimpse. Is that how you worded it, Mm -hmm. Christine? A picture. A picture Mm -hmm. of what's happening right now. Just one or two words where I was real used to, you know, the whole story. Sure. But in doing it in that way, 
it keeps it gives you that break, that stop emotionally mm-hmm. of where you are, and then you pick up and you keep the movie going mm-hmm. in just little um, clips. Sure. Of that, the picture. That makes like so much sense. Like cell by cell. Right. Photo by photo. Mm-hmm. Right. And there is a little exposure to the upsetting memory by focusing on the picture. So it can be definitely scary. And I think whenever I talk to a patient about, you know, there is a little bit of exposure, it is scary. But when you start doing it, right, Karen, you kind of realize it is a very little exposure. Yes. And the brain reprocesses almost so quickly that the exposure, you know, the picture fades, the upsetting image fades, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it can be right there in your face and then you just, you breathe. <laughs> right. How would you say the outcomes are for this type of therapy? I think the outcomes have been profound. I mean, that's the word that I have to use to describe the outcomes. We've been doing it now for about three years, I want to say. I was trained three years ago, and I'm hearing so many patients say that they wouldn't be able to deal with their current stressors in life if it weren't for the work they did in EMDR. And I've worked with a lot of patients in their 50s and 60s who have been through a lot of really hard things. And for them to be able to say, you know, I'm going through more hard things and I'm dealing with with it in a really healthy way. Um, it's just incredible. It's incredible to hear. And it's incredible to hear patients say that I no longer feel the need to turn to unhealthy coping skills. You know, they're not coping skills, but unhealthy ways of coping um, with alcohol and drugs and other right. harmful behaviors because they now have this, you know, skill of EMDR. And they can do that on their own mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So you teach the approach, right. you work with the patient for them to learn and understand the approach, and then they can do it on their own. Yeah, the brain reprocesses the the upsetting memory. And, you know, I'll let Karen kind of explain how that happens, you know. It helps to not have have me ignore the situation like, well, we'll just let it play out. It'll go away on its own. Right. But at the same time, it keeps it calmer and balanced, Mm -hmm. no matter what the how anxious the situation could be. Right. You don't avoid it. You don't avoid, I don't avoid the, the, um, the emotional issue of it. Whereas before I would. Right. And it I was going to play out, do. but right. Right. disconnect from it. Right. And mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I did was disconnect using alcohol mm-hmm. just to numb. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it may not go away, but I'm not going to feel it. Right. Now, I don't adjust it with alcohol. I really it, it it almost retrains your mind to to think before you act, but still have that emotional reaction to it that it's okay, right? You, it's okay to feel it, right? It's okay to feel stressful or anxious or nervous or scared, whatever. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> the brain, your mind will kicks in. It right. just, of course, it just kicks in. It deals with the issue right now, not what happened or what's going to happen. Even in the next moment, it's the right here. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's incredible. <laughs> no, thank you for explaining that. 
it's something that you've seen so much progress in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a clinician mm-hmm. with patients. Is there an obvious shift? Definitely. Within sometimes minutes. Um, so what wow. we do is we have each patient rate their memory on a scale from 10 to 0 of how upsetting it is for them to think about it in the moment. And sometimes with the eye movements, we're able to see the scores go from an 8 to a 4 in 20 minutes. And wow. you know, when a patient starts a session, they could be really upset thinking about the memory. And then when they leave, you know, just to see the relief on their faces, it's it's amazing. And as a clinician, you're hoping you're making an impact and you're hoping that the patient leaves with something from the session. But to see it actually, you know, in front of me, that's just it's priceless. It's 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 incredible. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I would assume, but correct me if I'm wrong, is it an option for patients who have been in treatment for many years and maybe seem to be stuck or Mm -hmm. seem to not be maybe progressing Mm -hmm. at the way you, in which you would hope, is this something that you sometimes tend to introduce to see how they react to it? Oh, for sure. I think hearing that there's another option, you know, there's so many patients that say, I've been in counseling for 15, 20, 30 years and nothing seems to change. I just don't feel better. You know, the situation, you know, I hear a lot, the past, the past is haunting me and there's really nothing you can do to fix the past. You can't change the past, but you can heal from the past and EMDR offers the ability to heal from the past. And, you know, the patient no longer feels hopeless and helpless and all the things that come with, you know, when the past haunts you, there's a healing component. So yeah, we work with a lot of patients who just feel so stuck um, in their recovery and then they start to do EMDR and it's just, it's freeing. Wow. Mm -hmm. And and you said that you use it for a number of mental health disorder. So depression, anxiety. Yeah, definitely. If you think about it, everybody kind of has a list of memories that, you know, have things that have happened to them in the past that have been upsetting, right? Right. So when we say trauma, a lot of people think really um, deep emotional trauma, but trauma can be something like a bee sting, sure, multiple bee stings, you know, so pretty much everybody can make a list of memories or, you know, be able to say at the drop of a hat, yep, this is, this is bothering me and this has been bothering me for 30 years. Right. So, yeah, you don't really have to have that uh, PTSD diagnosis to do EMDR. And I think that's really important mm-hmm. that you stated that because mm-hmm. I think you're right. When we hear the word trauma, we associate it with this huge life traumatic event, but everybody's different. So my life traumatic event could be very different than right. yours. Right. And it is fitting for everybody yeah. to, to, to feel like my event is just as, Mm -hmm. you know, difficult to go through and I could benefit from this and it's okay for me to try it. And the really neat thing about the training is that, and I've shared this with Karen, uh, the counselors who are going through the training actually have to make a list of our own. Wow. And we're paired with another clinician in the training and we do work on our own memories as part of the training. So it's a really unique experience because I can share with Karen, yeah, I know what that feels like to do the eye movements and have the image come in your mind and have the score go down because I did it as well. So it's really unique. That is. I know for me, um, to quote qualify or to requalify at, at Horizon, I was given questionnaire, et cetera, and we completed it together. And yes, I got the 
diagnostic label of PTSD. Because at the time when she reconnected with Horizon, we were still separate programs. Mental health was separate from Okay, substance we weren't integrated use. We yet. We were not integrated okay. yet. So um, Karen was trying to come back um, as a substance use patient. However, she was in remission. So we actually were able to uh, focus on mental health and that's where the PTSD diagnosis came Okay. Out. And that's how we got involved with the EMDR. And it's funny because there there is a very traumatic episode that did happen in my life that, quote, qualified me. However, the memories were all of these life incidences. That was just one more event right. in my life. And it was difficult. I mean, 40 years later, I'm still trying to, to deal with the issue. Mm-hmm. I, you know... It, I don't like being referred to as labeled as victim or survivor or whatever. Even even with the alcohol abuse, I have a tough time even calling myself an alcoholic. I have to it's the words. It's just right. semantics. And right. I know in different situations I deal with those semantics. When I go to an AA meeting, I'm an alcoholic. Right. When I do something that I really enjoy, I'm a yoga practitioner, you know, we all deal with our labels and they're not necessarily what we, we really are. They're not. Mm -hmm. And that's what I find with EMDR. I'm finding me. You are. Mm -hmm. It obviously has such an emotional impact. It does. It really does. And how could it not? How could it not? And I, I tell everybody that is thinking about EMDR, you are brave. To, yes. to come into an office and to be facing the worst things that Ugh. have ever happened to you, yes. you are brave. That is a real big risk yeah. to do that. I practice a lot of yoga before I come <laughs> over. <laughs> no, just the deep breathing. Yes. You know, just. But there's where the tools where you learned prior come in handy, yes. right? So, um, you know, for someone doing EMDR, we like to see that you have those tools to be able to take care of yourself because it is heavy work. It, yeah. So, Karen, Christina was talking about how throughout your experience with EMDR, it's helped you to handle stressors, even if you're not working with her that day. Has there been any recent current stressors that you've been able to utilize the training for for yourself? Yes. In the last few months, um, this would have sent me right over the edge. Um, I got a phone call from a friend of my spouse's uh, saying that he was being taken to the hospital by ambulance. And this hospital is located a good, you know, 30 to 40 minutes from my home. And so I had to drive up there. I could have gotten overwhelmed by the anticipation of what I was going to find when I got to the hospital. I had no details except that he was taken by ambulance. So I just did a lot of deep breathing and concentrated on the road because I knew it's just minute to minute. That's as much as to handle is the moment happening right then. Did not anticipating what the future was. And also, though, relying on finding that inner strength of, yes, this could be very upsetting. Deal with it when that happens. So I did get to the hospital, and there was some poor communication that occurred 
However, I was informed that my husband's condition was extremely serious. And all I, I had just asked for a few minutes to process. And during that process, it was just to breathe, stay calm, keep my mind open and clear, and deal with what was going to be told. So there was some logic. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't projecting, what if this is the worst case scenario, and projecting what am I going to do without him, and how am I going to make this arrangement? That, no, it was just logically right then and there. I needed to stand up. Right. <laughs> I needed to walk into the hospital room. Step by step. Step mm-hmm. by step. Right. See, very sequential actions based on sequential thinking. Yes. And that's what EMDR does is it frees the logic mind. Yes. So typically when we go through something really tough and we get horrific news like that, the emotion mind takes over and we're just very troubled by all of the emotions and there's typically 50 all at once, right? right. But the, the beauty of EMDR is that it allows you to introduce the logic mind in a time of a crisis. And that's something that's not really there before. No, it's not. No. And like you said, it could have pushed you to a limit that. I would have been drinking, you know, years ago, I would have been having a drink in the house before I even got in the car. Right. To drive the 40 minutes to the hospital. Right. And instead, you utilize the tools in your toolbox that you've been working so hard on. Mm -hmm to work through that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a variety of tools in my toolbox besides, you know, the counseling tools and definitely the EMDR, but I practice yoga and the deep breathing and the meditation. And I just started Tai Chi as another form of wow. moving meditation. There's so much out there. That, there is. That, Mind, that, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. You have, yeah, exactly. And we like a specific word, don't we? Oh, <laughs> yes, my word for my my initial, phys- well, yes, my initial physician. Balance. balance. Yeah. Just finding balance. And I think you hit the nail on the head. So many of us struggle to find that balance with a number of life's, you know, twists and turns. Right. So, and it is a balance. It's balancing you know, your physical health, your mental health, the support around you, your day to day. Right. Well, and your physical health is what brought you into treatment initially, right? So it is all connected. Physical health. Yes. Mental health. Yes. And that's why that integrated care, Christina, like you said, is so important. Yeah. We need to treat a person as a whole. Yes. You know, parts doesn't work. And we treated a part of Karen initially and- you know, a year later, that's what prompted the phone call. There was more work to be done. Right. So with integration, we're addressing everything all at once. Um, you know, Karen was brave to pick up that phone. She sure was. But a lot of people aren't. A lot of people are scared. I know you described it to me as there are white flags. You know, you called when there were white flags. A lot of people come back when there's, when it's, you know, red flags. Right. Um, so yeah, integration kind of allows us to address it as it's happening. Absolutely. And to have that relationship that you two have had Hmm. and the comfort that you felt picking up that phone to get to Christina says so much about how much support is out there and readily available. It just, 
we're here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're a partner mm-hmm. and you have a lot of other helpful partners too. Oh yes. Very much so. But that is so brave. Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing that once you start, it keeps expanding. Right. Even just in the different um, activities that I'm involved with, you'll find somebody and it's just kind of something will lead to something and you realize, I know this person from this from this place or from this practice or it's quite interesting yes. how it just branches out like a, like a web almost, like yes. a spider web. Yes. Yeah. Whereas before, you know, you kind of shared with me that just the isolation, you know, yeah. and, and now, I mean, looking at what your life is, you know, you're social, you're active, you're, you know, free. Yeah. A lot and I changed. thought I was, but I realized right. that, you know, I was drinking at home alone. I mean, how social was that? <laughs> well, and that's what you knew. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. now you've opened your eyes mm-hmm. to a lot of other areas that you've grown from and a lot of those healthy supports Mm -hmm. and connections. And that's what anybody could hope for Mm -hmm. because of your bravery. Mm -hmm. All because you were brave. So you were saying that in EMDR therapy, you write down your list. So when you've gone through that list, you know, what does the future hold for EMDR, Mm -hmm. for this type of therapy Mm -hmm. with our patients. So the good news is that after you kind of make your list of past events, there's still more work to be done with EMDR. So we can actually do a future template, which is anticipating things that will happen in the future. And, you know, through eye movements, your brain is able to process and kind of prepare you to deal with the future things that will happen. So that's a really nice option for people who are, you know, for example, you know, if my mom is sick and, you know, it's just can help um, prepare you so that you can use the logic mind in addition to the emotion mind for when those things happen. And there's also EMDR for um, substance use and relapses and cravings. You can reprocess uh, relapses that have happened in the past. You can do eye movements with cra- cravings to help reduce the craving. So there's a lot of a lot of work that can still be done after you make that initial pass list. Wow. Mm-hmm. And this is such a unique therapy. And I know we received a grant from National Fuel um, three years ago to train our clinicians mm-hmm. in this and to see how much has been done, Mm -hmm. how much training is continuing, the impact Mm -hmm. it has had is just incredible. It was really the timing too. I had just finished the training three years ago and I had finished in May and Karen called that summer. So it was the timing, you know, it was really incredible. That is incredible. Karen, thank you so much oh, you're welcome. for your bravery, you're welcome. Thank you, Karen. for coming in today, and for picking up you. that no, phone. I got very relaxed after we started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Karen. It's oh, been it's been amazing to watch you make your progress and heal. Yeah. And it's like my sister at one point had said to me, "It's good to have the old Karen back." Yeah, and I told her she's wrong. Yeah, it's a new. Karen. It's a new Karen. Mm-hmm. It, Absolutely, I really. I've never felt this comfortable in my own self. Wow. And it's Mm -hmm. because you picked up that Mm -hmm. phone. Mm -hmm. So thank you. You're welcome. Nice work. Both times. (laughs) Both times. Yes. Both times. And Christina, thank you so much for for sitting down with us and really explaining this to our community because 
what a tool oh, to yeah. have. Yep. And what a tool to have for anybody struggling. Yeah. No matter how severe they feel it is or oh, you know what? I can handle this on my own. What an amazing mm-hmm. tool and I think it's going to be something that's going to continue to impact you know, our patients and community as a whole is just another resource. Yeah. I just want people to know that, that EMDR is an option and it's a wonderful option and it it helps so much. I've seen, you know, the help and I've seen the impact on people and it's hard for a clinician to really see the progress in front of our faces, but you know, with EMDR, I really have seen it. Right. So I want people to have the bravery <laughs> that Karen has to to try because the outcome could be great. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for really allowing us to understand what it is. Yeah, and um, we're so grateful for both of you. And we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. We appreciate you tuning in today. We hope this episode allowed you to understand the benefits of our EMDR therapy that we offer here. Horizon has a number of tools to support our patients and family members who are in need of services and resources. Our community has to know where to go for help and to ensure they are focusing on the wellness and mental health of themselves first and foremost. Be sure to subscribe to Heart to Heart to stay up to date and connected on the latest resources on topics that matter most to our community. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram to stay informed and educated. Thank you for listening today.